thank you for being here and uh, make yourself at home. And uh, you, you guys are all at the very end, our last part of our Making Sense of Love series. So we've been kind of going through the senses and what God's love looks like and feels like and tastes like and smells like. So kind of the key verse we've been coming back to is uh, from, uh, written by one of uh, Jesus' disciples named John, and he said, God is love, that God is love. And so here, here, so here's our working premise, and, and you may be here, and you're kind of new to church, or God, you're not quite sure about any of this, so you may not agree with this, but this is what we believe to be true, that uh, because God created love, because God created it, he gets to define it, and he's invited all of creation to live in it. And not just live in it, but then go and give it. Right? So God is love. He creates it. He gets to define it. And he invites all of us to live in it. Uh, now, this gets a little problematic because some Christians, um, their beliefs are more in tune with their culture than with their God. And so they're attempting to redefine love to something that sounds better to them and sounds more comfortable to them. So love makes a sound. And the sound God's love makes doesn't always sound good to everyone in Christian culture and absolutely nobody in cancel culture because God's love demands that you love your enemies. And it demands that you love your frenemies. And it demands that you love those who betray you. That God's love, as he defines it, demands that we love those who do not look like us, act like us, worship like us, or even, if you can believe it, vote like us. See, God's love has a sound to it. And the question is, are our lives in tune with it? Are we in tune with the sound of God's love? Because God wants to produce the sound of his love in our lives that drowns out our pride and prejudice and is louder than our opinions and our personal preferences. He wants his love to drown out all of my awesome opinions that I have about every conceivable issue. I don't know if you noticed, or this is just my observation, but our world is starting to sound louder, meaner, angrier, uh, divisive, reactive, judgmental, and many Christians are too. And that's because they're out of tune. And so God is looking for followers um, who desire to kind of turn up the volume of God's love in their life. And God is searching high and low and calling to himself those who want to sound just like him to everyone God has placed around them. So, I want to pause and I want to pray. And I want to invite you to ask God to open up our ears to hear. And I'm praying for myself. This isn't a message for you. This is a message for us. This is a message for me. I've just been kind of tagged to give it. But I want us to pause and pray that God 
would touch our ears to open up to what he would want to say to us directly. So Jesus, I give you my ears. I want to hear. And I confess to you that sometimes I just want to hear what I want to hear. And I confess to you, Lord, that it is so tempting to get into an echo chamber and only just surround my stuff that I hear that already confirms everything I already believe. Lord, give me ears that are open to hear what you want to say to me, what you would have me do, and what you would want to speak through me to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, to close out our series, um, Making Sense of God's Love, we're going to talk about, uh, try, to, try to make sense of what God's love sounds like. So real quickly, turn to someone near you and tell them one of your favorite or least favorite sounds ever. Favorite or least favorite? Quickly, go. You get just a couple seconds. All right, all right, all right. Bring it back, bring it back. Okay, I want to hear from one person um, what was one of your favorite sounds, favorite sounds all the way in the back. Your husband's voice. Scoring points, Sarah. That was, that was to make up for something. No, I'm just kidding. That was, that was genuine. Um, somebody, one of your least favorite sounds. Yeah, right here. Children screaming. This is from a dad who has, uh, like, at least nine kids that I know of. No, really. I think there's five or six and a dog. I don't know. So you just don't go home, essentially. You just never go home. All right. Uh, I don't know if this is a sound, but one of my most favorite things to hear is, is simple. Dinner's ready. That's it. And, of course, my least favorite is dinner's not ready. I'm like, <laughs> so that sums up my life. Um, so whether it's like this rumbling of a new truck engine or like the melody from a symphony orchestra or even like our response to a really great idea, we'll often say things like, I like the sound of that. Oh, I like the sound of that. Um, and even if it wasn't music we were hearing, we'll even say like, that's like music to my ears. Have you ever noticed that when we're curious about what we've heard and we like, maybe like what we've heard, we'll refer to it as a sound. And if we don't like it, we refer to it as a noise. You'd be like, ooh, what's that sound? And if we don't like it, we're like, what's that noise? Or if you're really old, you're like, what's that racket? <laughs> and that was my best old person <laughs> impersonation. So sorry if that did not adequately represent you and you don't do that while saying racket. Um, So if last week was about are you an aroma or are you an odor, that was kind of last week's, like, what, what does God's love smell like? This week might be a little bit of, like, are our lives making a sound or a noise? Or more specifically, are our lives reproducing the sound of God's love? I don't know if you've ever thought of your life this way, but our lives will produce either a sound or a noise. It's almost as if 
We constantly have a soundtrack playing in the background of our lives, of our parenting, of our adulting, of our high school years, of our driving. We have a soundtrack, and it can change <laughs> in traffic or not in traffic. The soundtrack can change. The soundtrack of my high school and young adult years was like a, like a Billie Eilish song. It was just kind of brooding and depressing, and you just feel horrible about yourself after you get done listening to it. And I can remember, like, in my young adult years, um, my uh, wife, who was just my friend at the time, and my mom would both tell me, you're so negative and so sarcastic. And I was like, by, by sarcastic, do you mean quick-witted and hilarious? And they were like, no. <laughs> we mean really mean. <laughs> I was like, tomato, tomato. I would say the soundtrack that played for about the first maybe five, six, seven, ten years of my marriage uh, sounded a lot like DJ Khalid's All I Do Is Win, because all I wanted to do was win, win everything, win every argument, win every, I don't even know if that's the name of the song or the artist, but I like to win, and I can remember like when every disagreement we'd have, my goal was to win at all costs, and I realized after three to five to eight to ten years, that if you try to win, everybody loses. Everyone loses. Um, I thought of, like, a, one of my favorite songs by the Beatles is, like, this temptation song that's always hovering in the background, like George Harrison's I, I, Me, Me, Mine. That is a soundtrack that I, my flesh, like my selfish greed and all that gravitates to. How do I just play that? I, I, me, me, mine. How do I just make it about me? So our lives have a soundtrack to it, and the question I would like all of us to consider asking is, uh, are our lives music to other people's ears? Our coworkers, classmates, neighbors, people we like, people we don't like. Um, and who are we starting to sound more like, and do we like it? Some of you have been told you're sounding more and more like your mother or your father. Um, some of you are starting to sound more and more like the people you hang out the most with. Some of you are sounding more, and some of us are sounding more and more like the news cycle we daily consume. Some of us sound like a totally different person online than we do in person. Some of us have been told we sound like a broken record, and many of us are sounding more and more and more like God's love. So how do we know what our, love, our lives sound like? So this is just my opinion, no verse for this. In my opinion, nothing turns up the volume on what we're starting to sound like than hard times and difficult circumstances. There's almost nothing like in my life that just goes, ooh, what am I sounding like? Hard times, difficult circumstances turns up the volume. Uh, relational conflict, physical suffering, misunderstandings, emotional pain, disagreements, not getting our way, not winning, not getting an apology, God not doing what we expect or would like him and have asked him to do for us. All of that has just a unique capacity to turn up the volume on what we're starting to sound like. So, for example, um, in season of, of waiting, it could be hard to sound patient, in seasons of waiting, it could be really hard to keep sounding 
patient. In a disagreement, it could be hard to keep sounding compassionate. When we possess a lot of knowledge, it can be hard to sound like a really good listener. When we've been deeply hurt, it can be hard to sound like forgiveness. When we're single, it can be hard to sound thankful. When we believe we are right, it can be hard to sound humble. During a pandemic, it can be hard to sound joyful. During financial or physical poor finances or health, it can be hard to sound faith-filled. And sometimes during someone else's success, it can be hard to sincerely sound happy for them. There's just nothing like hard times and difficult circumstances that just turns up the volume. But here's some good news about hard times. Hard times are incredibly helpful and necessary for our spiritual formation and development. And if we choose to get curious about what soundtrack is playing in our difficult times, and if we can increase our self-awareness around what we're increasingly starting to sound like, we can begin to get in tune with God's love. And as resistant as we may feel towards leaning into what we're hearing, if we are willing to do so, it actually gives us a chance to decide for ourselves if what we are sounding like is what we want others and ourselves to hear. So when you read the history of God's chosen people, the descendants of Abraham, uh, in particular the accounts of Exodus, Numbers, here's, <laughs> here's kind of the soundtrack that's playing almost the whole way through. It sounds a lot like this. Grumbling and complaining, arguing and blaming, fearful and faithless. And that, I don't say that with any judgment for me. I have sounded like all of that. There's many times, many people in my life have listened to my life and went, ooh, I don't like the sound of that. So it's almost as if the story of God's people for so many years and so many generations is a story. It's almost as if they were a bunch of instruments being played out of tune. And it was like, ugh. Because that's what grumbling and complaining and blaming and arguing, that's what it is. It's an instrument being played out of tune. And in my opinion... And I was thinking about that, trying to connect it to today, because what was always is, and what was yesterday is still today. This is a lot what Christians sounded like, some Christians sounded like during the shutdowns and the mask mandates. Grumbling and complaining, arguing and blaming, fearful and faithless. What goes around, comes around. I am not better than those people from thousands of years ago. I am guilty of doing the same things. But... What goes around doesn't always have to come around. Things can change. I've been on a journey the last few years through the help of like books I'm reading and, and just meditating on God's word and prayer and, and help and family, friends, all of the above. I feel like God's been changing my tune. And I feel like he's helping bring me more in tune with his love. And it's hard work because I have to lean into <laughs> what I'm hearing in my life 
that isn't in sync with God's love. And I, what, what's more comfortable for me is to lean into the noise you're making and go, ooh, you should do something about that. Because that's just easier. It requires nothing of me other than just to be self-righteous and judgmental. <laughs> but to actually have to, like, listen to me. And sometimes I don't even like to stand to listen to my own voice. Like, what am I doing? I, have you ever been miserable around you? I mean, when it's someone else, you can get away most likely. But when it's you, there's nowhere to go. I have, I have not always enjoyed my company. So by the power of what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross for all those who trust in him, and by the indwelling, indwelling gift of the Holy Spirit that fills everyone who puts their faith and trust in Jesus, we have the capability of changing our tune, that we can become in tune with God's love and what it sounds like. So Jesus is like a fork, okay? So more specifically, Jesus is like a tuning fork, so, a tuning fork is a device used to bring instruments into tune. I'm somewhat of the belief it's an instrument of dark magic, but I have been assured that it is not, and I am not sinning by having this out here. So, if you don't know how a tuning fork works, I don't either. <laughs> so, I can't tell you. I have no idea. I think you bang it, it vibrates. Then you look for water and dry land. <laughs> and then if you need to do design stuff, it's, it's like a compass. I don't know. But I know it works. I've been told by Amazon that this is what musicians use. It's a tuning fork. It brings instruments into tune. And Jesus is like a tuning fork. And one of the most common means... And one of the most common uh, tuning forks God uses in our life is his word. So when we encourage you to read it every day, it's not to be like religious and check a box and you better. If you don't, God hates you. No. This is how he brings us into tune. It's not just his word. He, he could be through worship, through prayer, but primarily it's through God's word. So Christians who are biblically illiterate, you're getting out of tune. You should just bank on that. You should just bank on it. If you don't read his word regularly, you should just assume you are out of tune. You should just take it to the bank. Just take it to the bank. So that's why we're always like, everybody, please read it. Try to do a couple minutes every day. Do something. So with that in mind, let's open up God's Word together. Uh, we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians. The verses will be on the screen. And the Apostle Paul helps explain to us in his letter to a bunch of Christians living in the first century city of Corinth of what God's love sounds like and doesn't sound like. And this is incredibly helpful. If you've ever been to a wedding, you may have even heard this verse before. And so let's, uh, let's read it together. Here's what Paul is writing to Christians. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, which is, oh, wow, that's crazy. I have my spiritual language. If you don't know what that is, I don't have time to tell you. I swear, again, I'm not possessed. I speak in a spiritual language. It's in the Bible. Um, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal. I am out of tune. I am out of tune. 
If we have all the spiritual gifts and natural talents and supreme intellect, but do not love those who are not like us and who do not like us, we are producing a noise. We are producing a noise, not a sound. We are a clanging cymbal. And again, no judgment if that's you. That's me too. It's a noise that needs to be turned off before we start turning people off from their creator. Paul goes on to say, he keeps just amping it up. If I have the gift of prophecy, prophecy, wow, that's like this God thing where he like speaks to somebody, what he wants that person to then to speak to everybody. How amazing is that? This is a big deal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge like nothing is unknown to you, you're that amazing. You're that connected to God. And if you have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, he says this about himself, I am nothing, nothing. Ouch. If I have incredible faith in God but do not love unconditionally those who have no faith, those who have a different faith, or those who persecute and mock my faith, I am nothing. It doesn't matter how great of an experience I had singing songs. It doesn't matter what spiritual gifts I have, according to God. And his definition of love, which if you haven't figured out already, is really hard and cannot be done without the power of his spirit in us. I'm nothing. Well, I'm not nothing. I'm just a resounding gong and a clanging cymbal that's out of tune. He goes on. If I give, give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast but do not have love, I gain nothing. Maybe the boasting has something to do with that. I don't know. If I give all my valuables away, but my motives for doing so don't produce the sound of God's love, my valuables are no value to anybody. Motives matter to God. Not just the act, but what's driving the act. Am I, am I doing this so I could then post about it? Am I doing this to make my name great or God's name great? Motives matter to God. What I'm learning is it just doesn't matter what gifts, talents, intellect, natural abilities, connections with God that I have. If I am not loving, he is not impressed with me. He just is not impressed. And again, I don't do this perfectly. And he's, he knows we're going to mess up. That's why he's the tuning fork. He understands that. He's built a way to bring us back in sync to sound more and more like his love. So... Here's where God pulls out his tuning fork through Paul's pen and parchment, and Paul begins to now help us to know what love sounds like. So here we go. This is the part you might have heard in a wedding one time. Love is patient. That's what God's love sounds a lot like, patience. Some of you are like, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out already. <laughs> Hands in the back, I'm out. Joe, you're out, right? Five kids, nine kids, you're out. He's out. He's like, I got nothing. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. 
No qualifiers. No like, yeah, but if someone does this, then you don't have to be. No. No. God, how God defines love, this is what it sounds like. This is what he's offering to humanity to get in sync with this. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. How many of you guys recognize this is totally countercultural? <laughs> Doesn't dishonor? And what if you don't agree with their politics? Then you get a freebie, right? What if they gossip about you? Gossip about you? Then you can do it back, right? No, it's like no. It is not self-seeking. I'm out. I mean, I was out before then, but doubly out now. It is not easily angered. Oh my gosh, this is where it gets incredibly painful. Uh, we talked about this in this series as well. Keeps no record of wrongs. Ouch. That is hard. <laughs> does not keep a record of wrongs. It does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Have you ever heard something unfortunate that happened to someone you didn't really like and you were some part of you that was like, mm, that's really sad. Your laughter is your confession. Yeah. Yeah. We're all out of tune, I guess. We're literally out of tune. All of us right now are out of tune. We're out. We're not. We are. Like, when we rejoice and kind of internally celebrate where no one else quite sees that inside we felt pretty good about what happened to them, God saw all of it. And he's like, come on, kid. Come on. No, that's not good. That's not good for your soul and everybody else's. Love does not deny it in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This is the sound God's love makes. So let me ask you, where are you out of tune? Where are you out of tune? Maybe doing this exercise will help you know. I'm going to reread that verse, but I'm going to flip out some words and put in my own name. And where you see the underline, you can put in your name if you so desire. Adam is patient. Adam is kind. Adam does not envy. Adam does not boast. Adam is not proud. Adam does not dishonor others. Adam is not self-seeking. Adam is not easily angered. Adam keeps no record of wrongs. Adam does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Adam's love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That is not true of me but I want it to be. And it may not be true of, about me, but I know that if I make myself available, God will bring me in tune with him. And I'll spend the rest of my life him retuning me and retuning me. If I let him through repentance and through reading of his word. So I'm trying to get curious about where I'm out of tune with God's love. And then I'm trying to be open with what I hear. And if there's sounds that I know don't sound like God's love, that I'm having to repent, turn from that. I'm having to apologize to God. I'm having to apologize to maybe someone else that I've hurt. And I'm trying to remain in God's word so it can keep washing over me and, and bringing me into tune. And why is this so important? Because Paul finishes it up in verse 8, because love never fails. Like this idea of God defining love and inviting us to live in it, it doesn't fail if, if we let him bring us in tune. God's love never fails to change us. That's one of the ways that it doesn't fail. And God's love never fails to change someone in the world 
that God has put in our lives if we come in tune with it. We need the sound of God's love turned up maybe more than ever in my lifetime. And I think a commercial I saw at the Super Bowl really illustrated this. And we'll come back and talk about it. Would you enjoy it? Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind Thinking I can see through this and see what's behind Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying Take a look in the mirror, what do you see? Do you see it clearer, or are you deceived? In what you believe? Cause I'm only human so tempting to see think that side's winning yes that's my side no all of that's bad and christians have gotten swept up in that and and just fyi like you read the book of revelations you need to know that tough things like pandemics and shutdowns some version of that is happening again just we can't be naive about that hard times are going to happen on this earth and are we going to find ourselves in that video with a cross necklace around our neck pointing in someone's face and yelling and screaming at them. I hope not. But I have the potential to get there if I stay out of tune. If I stay out of tune, I have the potential to be one of those people. Because I'm right. As we should expect persecution, they did it to our Messiah, and he was perfect. Who are we? <laughs> If they didn't give him the benefit of the doubt, they're not going to give us the benefit of the doubt. As our world grows darker, sadder, lonelier, angrier, and louder, our love needs to turn up the volume. We need to turn up our patience. We need to turn up our kindness across party lines, across races, ethnicities, churches, across the street, across the lunch table at your school. Our love, not our anger and opinions and posts, needs to get louder. Our love just needs to get louder. And Jesus is our tuning fork. Let us let God's love resound to everyone God has put around us. Let God's love resound around you. Let God's love resound to everyone God has put around you. Who has he put around you? I know even those people that you wish he hadn't done that to you. <laughs> but to realize God put that person in your life to grow you, to mature you, to bring you in sync and in tune, to cause you to lean into him so he can put you in tune again. 
in honor of Christian Slater from, I believe, the early 90s, it's time to pump up the volume. <laughs> it's time to pump up the volume in our lives of God's love. So I have a photo I want to show you. Let's go to our first one, please. Question. If no one hears our love, are we loving? I don't think, if they don't hear it, I don't think we are. So let's click on the next photo. This is what our love should sound like, and this brings me back to the 80s. There we go. Yeah. Yes. Love everything about that. I love it. And I feel like... That's how we get God's love to resound to everyone around us. We walk around with it loud. But you notice he's still got the, you know, the headphones on. He has the option. We have the option. Go back to, nope, just my love stays with me. Nobody needs to hear it. That's, that's what I want to be like, that guy. So what would others say the soundtrack of your life sometimes sounds like? I want to put some things on the screen. It's not an exhaustive list. But um, it's just something for you to look, and maybe you could pick out what you think could be some of yours. You're going to see three things bolded. That wasn't me answering on behalf of you, uh, a couple of you, but it was ma- those were mine. So angry, impatient, self-rejection, avoider, I bolded those because those are kind of mine. So where are you sometimes out of sync? Or if you were to ask someone you had to live with, where would they say you're, you're sometimes maybe out of tune with God's love? Okay. So think about that. You may have ones the Holy Spirit just drops into your heart that aren't up there, which is awesome. So as you're thinking about that, I want to invite our worship team up, and I want to invite our prayer teams up. If you guys could all just come up and make yourselves available, please. I want to ask you this. Where does your love need God's Holy Spirit to help you sound better? Okay? Where do you need God's tuning fork? Is it with patience, kindness, Humility, selflessness, truthfulness, protecting, trusting, hoping, enduring. Look at that, and then I want you to think about how you can turn up the volume of that love in your life this week. And just realize we'll be doing all of this for the rest of our lives. We'll be practicing coming back into tune with his love. Many of us, perhaps all of us, are starting to sound more and more like God's love. Christy, uh, she's my wife. If, if faith in Jesus made a sound, that's all I hear coming from your life. That's all I hear. And take out the garbage. But mostly, <laughs> mostly that. Um, Elijah, my son, you sound a lot like if honor made a sound, honor is what I hear coming from your life. Haley, my daughter, your life sounds a lot like kindness just a kind person. Lauren, back there, I was thinking, you know, you sound a lot like joy. It's joy in the Lord to me. Last week, when we met as a leadership team, we did a a message on what we kind of smell like. We were out in a circle, and like, what aroma do you think people smell like and someone's like oh Jason you smell like a campfire and you just bring people together that's Jason right there and then Jason said to me you you have like a funny smell I was like (laughs) (laughs) all right (laughs) okay 
so many ways to take that. <laughs> and all are true. All are true. So maybe one of the things you could do, even before you leave, is if you came here with somebody, maybe you can tell them, here's how I think you sound like God's love to me. Be bold. I mean, we need more encouragement in our lives. All of us do. So as we get ready to sing this song, here's what I'm going to encourage you to do. Use it to praise. Use it to lament. Use it to worship. Use it to confess. All of that. Use it as a chance to come get prayer. Use it as a chance for Jesus to bring you into tune. And here's what I'm going to ask of one of you brave people. Just one. I just need one of you brave people. I need one of you brave people who needs prayer and isn't afraid to come up and get it. Come up and just do it right away. Because what you're going to do is help all the people who are a little bit shyer maybe. We just need the first person, right? Once the first person comes up for prayer, then people are like, all right, I can go now. You know? Oh, man, he's going for it. Wow. Dude, you did not wait around. It wasn't quite time. But no, I'm just kidding. Josh, you're good. Oh, you're good. Thank you. Thank you. So we already got one. Do I hear two? Do we hear three? All right. So um, thank you guys. Lead us in this. Jesus, bring us in tune. Bring me into tune with your love and how you define it. In Jesus' name, amen.
in prayer. Our prayer teams are going to stay up if you need some, or you can pray with someone you came with. May our lives and our love sound like music to other people's ears. And may it be said of God's followers by people who don't love God, when they listen to our lives, may they say, you sound just like him. Lord Jesus, help me to sound just like you. And when I don't, bring me into tune. Thank you. You're so patient with me. May I be so patient with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great Sunday. Thank you.